started. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lead us in a song. Uh, so if you can uh, get ready for this. Wow, I got real quiet. Okay, here we go. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I don't know. I thought I thought I saw people keep going. No, you guys can sit down. Parenting, the purpose of marriage and parenting as disciples. Well, let me tell you, Katie and I have all the answers that you're ever going to need. No, okay. In fact, I am reminded, honestly, on a daily basis, um, how much I need to learn and grow as a husband and as a parent. Um, and that I'm not being dramatic and overstating that by any means. Um, just even, even in putting this class together and Katie and I talking through it. I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm really excited to do this class with Katie. And then as we were running through some things last night, I had to apologize um, because I made a mistake. And so, amen. Uh, but there's a lot of forgiveness. And so appreciate uh, Katie's heart and her spirituality holding us together. Um, but amen. It is uh, great to be together, to have an opportunity to talk about this topic. Um, it is something that I am extremely interested in, not just because I'm invested in it, but I think because it is so important for us as we think about our discipleship, what that means as a parent and in our marriages. It has so much to do with who we are. And so I'm grateful to be able to come together and talk about this, to be real with each other, to share with each other, to call each other higher and realize that in that I am calling myself higher as well. But we have such a great purpose as disciples to be parents and to be married, to be spouses that represent Jesus. And the reality is that marriage and parenting can be stressful at times, but it's important that even through those difficult times that we see the blessing, right? That we see the blessing of having a spouse um, and or having children. It is such a blessing, but it also carries with it a unique purpose, okay, a very unique um, but incredible purpose, being reconciled to God within those special relationships, right? So in my relationship with Katie, I'm being reconciled to God, and it comes out in that relationship, and being uniquely positioned, okay, again, uniquely positioned to help my spouse and to help my children be reconciled to God. What a purpose and what an opportunity. Right? And so often we think of it as a burden. And I'm with you in that. I can feel the burden of that sometimes. But we have to help each other to realize the blessing that that can be and is. And so I want to share with you um, just two passages from Ephesians. Ephesians 5, verse 33 in, in Ephesians 6, verse 4. This is something that I constantly go back to, and, and, and often when I teach on this topic, I often use these passages. 
and you've probably heard these in different marriage and parenting classes, um, but they're so specific and they're so helpful for us to get us back on track. Can I get an amen to that? And you can find similar teaching in Colossians. Uh, just the books of Colossians and Ephesians are very similar books. Um, but I want to focus on Ephesians here this morning and draw from it some things that I, I believe will be helpful for us. So Ephesians 5, verse 33. So Paul finishes this incredible teaching um, about talking about the marriage context, and he compares it to the relationship that Christ has with his people, that Christ has with the church. And he says that the marriage should look like that. And so he finishes that teaching and says, Ephesians 5, verse 33, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Remember that there's no conditions for that. It's not... Love your wife if she does X, Y, or Z. Right? And the same for the wife. It's not she must respect her husband if he does X, Y, or Z. Right? It's just laid out there for you in an, or for us in an unconditional manner. And that's the relationship with Christ and his people. That's the love that he has for us and that we need to have for him. And then later in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Again, there's not a condition here. It's not if your child does this, then don't exasperate them and, and bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. No, it says, this is your call. This is your command. This is your purpose as a father. But of course, that, that's a parenting statement there. And so Katie and I are going to be talking about um, some specifics with marriage as it relates to these passages and in our, in our purpose, and also about parenting as well. So I'm going to share a little bit first. Again, the passage teaches us that husbands are to love our wives. Okay, we are to will the good in the lives of our wives. So our main focus, our purpose, is to think about what is good for them. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're focused on. So Paul, as I mentioned, is concluding a section of teaching here where he compares the marital relationship to Christ's relationship with the body or the church. And as husbands, we are to love our wives just like Christ loves his people. What a call. What a purpose. Unconditionally, sacrificially, eternally. Perfect love for our spouses. We are to help them be the best they can be. To help them imitate Christ in their own lives. That's our call. That's our purpose. And it is a blessing. And so one of the things that um, I, I try to do for Katie on a weekly basis um, in thinking about this idea of willing the good for her, loving her in that way, is to give her her, her own time. Yeah. Her own time to do whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. 
for a for a uh, you know a limited period of time. Hey, do what you want. But just give her time to spend it. I mean, she, she needs that time. I mean, we, we all need that time. But what that does is it helps her feel connected to God. It alleviates stress. It helps her be a better disciple, wife, which maybe, hopefully that's not selfish, but um, it helps her be a better wife and a better parent. And... I see that as part of my purpose as a husband and a way to love her and will the good for Katie. Now, I wish that I could say it's always just, oh, I just love getting Katie time, and I always feel great about that, and it's always like, oh yeah, go ahead, go spend your time out. You know, honestly, it's a sacrifice for me. And it doesn't always come easy. Partly because I'm the youngest child in my family. I often think about myself. I think one of my challenges is just being selfish. And I don't say that in a way of, well, you know, I'm just selfish. No, that is a burden. It is something that hinders me as a spouse. But again, it's a sacrifice for me. I usually have all three of the girls during that time, it used to be just one, and then it was two, and now it's three, and I'm thinking, what are we doing? Yeah. But, just kidding, I know it's But, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice, and, you know, I, I, and so in those moments, when I have the girls, and then that can be stressful at times, amen to that, I'm also thinking about millions, I mean millions of other things that I could, slash should, slash want, to do, um, which is mostly being on a date with her. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do love going on dates with but um, you know we, we try to do this for each other, even though it's a hard decision. Um, but I do see that as uh, something that is part of my purpose. I mean, this week. For me, as I was sharing with the men, just was stressful for a lot of different reasons. Coming back from vacation and just different things to do. Um, but I think it was on Thursday. That was the time that we decided that she was going to take her time. And it was, it was hard, but it was like, you know, go ahead and do it. Now, again, I can't say that I handled it well, but I do see that as part of my purpose in helping Katie be the best disciple she can be. So Katie's going to share for the while. Hi, Katie. my me time. I think everyone benefits because I come home and I'm just nicer to people, so <laughs> to everyone's win, win. benefit. But anyway, you know, today we're talking about purpose and, you know, I'm here to talk to the wives. Um, you know, our, our primary purpose as a disciple is to be an imitator of God and to reflect who God is in the world around us. And there's no one closer to us than our families that see us more consistently. And, you know, I, marriage for, is, cannot be just for my own personal happiness. Yes. You know, it is, right. has a greater, more eternal purpose mm -hmm. in that if people look into my life and look at our marriage, they need to learn something, something correct about God. Yeah. 
Right. And um, and I know that you know we we're called to respect our husbands. And earlier in this passage, it talks about submitting to our husbands and honoring them as kind of the leaders of our not kind of as the leaders of our household. <laughs> um, you know. And so simultaneously, husbands are called to love love their wives as Christ loves the church, you know, and we're to submit to our husbands as, as we submit, the church submits to Christ. And, you know, this these roles should be carried out in our marriage relationship. I need to submit to Ryan so that my kids especially, but even the lost world around us, people we're reaching out to, other family members, that kind of thing, that kind of thing, they understand, you know, what it looks like to submit to the authority of God. You know, and oftentimes we, when our kids grow up, you know, we want them to understand the, and submit to God and to Jesus, but that's not been modeled for them right. as they've grown up. And so for me, I see my role in marriage as a wife as just really reflecting that relationship, that you know, God has, you know, God loves his people the way Jesus loves the church. God loves his people. My response to that love needs to be just utmost respect, you know. And we're part of a bigger plan. And it's, again, it's not just about my personal happiness. You know, being a wife isn't just about my own personal happiness um, and fulfillment. But it's about really reflecting who God is and teaching. You know, I think that we... I reflect God in my own character individually, but we also reflect God in our relationships as well, and that's something to keep in mind. Amen. Um, and you know, just the some ways that I try to consciously decide to respect Ryan, um, and they're hard, and I fail every day, you know, and fail over and over. But you know, I, I really try hard not to criticize him in front of people, but especially my kids. You know, but to instead build him up and point out his great, the great things about him and the, the, the characteristics about him that are like God. See how much God, Daddy cares about you and that he provides for us and picking things that are like God and the way that he cares for us and pointing those out to my kids. Um, you know, I when he makes decisions for our house that I just wouldn't necessarily make or I don't always agree with, which, you know, never really happens, but, um, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing, but oftentimes we are on the same page, but even with parenting, you know, we come from two different places, so whether it's disciplining our kids or, you know, what we want to happen in our house, you know, I respect, I have to sometimes submit to the decision that he's made and get behind it 100%. And not talk about why I didn't like that decision or whatever, but really get behind it. Right. You know, and then and then just really verbalizing why I appreciate him and how much he how much I appreciate how much he gives to us and how you know he sacrifices for us and things like that. So those are some of the things that I feel like I have to make a conscious decision to do as a wife in order to respect Ryan. So. So I want to talk about uh, parenting a little bit um, in terms of uh, this passage uh, in Ephesians 6 verse 4 um, where it talks about exasperating our children. Um, it's easy to exasperate our children. Um, it can be easy to do that on a regular basis. 
for a lot of different reasons. I think, as I think about it, primarily because kids just lack self-control. Um, it's just where they are in life. Um, and so our response as parents can be out of a lack of self-control that, that we have. And it can be out of frustration and anger, and so we, we become reactive and instigate them. The thing we have to remember, though, is that God isn't like that with us. He doesn't exasperate us. In fact, He turns to us and fills us and responds with patience, mercy, love, and grace. Now, He disciplines us. Don't Let's not forget that. He's firm with us. He's truthful with us. And He disciplines us. But we can't forget the, others, the other part of Him as well. That is, again, patience, mercy, love, and grace. We as parents need to be the ones that break that anger or frustration cycle. As difficult as that can be. And so we, we're staying away from that, we're avoiding that, but our purpose is to bring them up in the training, the tutorage, the nurture, and the discipline of the Lord. And that begins with our modeling of the Lord and continues in our actions with the people in our homes. Not just our children, everyone in our homes. The most important thing that you can do as a parent is number one, connect with God. Number one, connect with God. Number two, then love your spouse if you are married. That's number two. And this is where the world oftentimes sees it the other way around. And I've had different conversations with parents in the world um, that talk about, no, my number one love is for my child. There's no love that's like that. And I, I, I see that, yeah, I mean, there is a special kind of love for your child, but it cannot be greater than or surpass the love that you have for your spouse. Um, and it has, been, it has been said, in fact, John Louis shared this in one of uh, the classes that I had uh, attended with him. I don't remember the exact workshop, but you know, many of you know John and Karen Louis. They've done a, a phenomenal job with the Good Enough Parenting, the I Choose Us. Um, and so they teach on this topic a lot, but John said, what's the most important thing you can do for your child? So we asked the audience that, and of course I'm thinking, love your child. But he said, the most important thing you can do for your child is to love your spouse. And I've actually uh, also heard it said, this is um, by Dallas Willard, he said that the marriage context is the spiritual womb through which everyone is formed through which everyone grows and develops, wow. is through that primary relationship. Why? Because of what the passage says. It's their model for seeing how Christ loves them. That's how they see it. And we need to be intentional and specific with that. That is our purpose. So how do we not exasperate our children? Okay, I want to be real practical and specific about that. I want all of us to think about what we nag our children about on a consistent basis. Right? What, what do you nag your children about on a consistent basis? That's exasperation. Is it, do you do your homework? Is it, you got to clean your room? Is it, you got to quit Fortnite? Now that school is back in session. 
Some people know what I'm talking about. Um, I'll just say a little bit about that. So Fortnite is this internet uh, world game that 125 million people play and are signed up for. And so the other day we were watching uh, the news in the morning and they had a segment on helping your kid break Fortnite addiction now that they're back in school. So, whatever, if it's Fortnite, you know, whatever, I mean, it could be anything, on their phones, whatever the case may be. What do you nag your children about? Here are some non-exasperating things that you can and should do. Number one, set out clear expectations that have been established with them. Clear expectations for your kids. And this ranges um, from young children to teenagers. All right, what are your expectations with how they handle these things? Doing their homework, cleaning their room, quit Fortnite, or, or uh, you know, devices, I should say. What are your expectations for that? And you can involve them in that process of deciding what that should be, but ultimately, you get the final say. You are their parents. Number two, have clear boundaries. Okay, what, and that's related to expectations, but what are their boundaries with things? Kids look to us to have boundaries for them. We need to have boundaries in our own lives. We need to model self-control for them. But we need to help them with those boundaries as well. They're looking to us to do that. And if we don't do that, for whatever reason, because we're distracted, because we're busy, because we feel uncomfortable with it, we set them up for failure. And so we have to have clear boundaries for them. And then number three, calmly yet firmly enforce the consequences that have already been laid out for them. Okay, I know that's a lot, and uh, I'll say it again. Calmly yet firmly enforce consequences that have already been laid out for them. Your kids should know what those consequences are. It should be laid out there for them. And we have to calmly and firmly, and I should also add consistently, enforce those consequences. And uh, another uh, point that is fundamental and foundation to do, foundational to doing those things effectively, more important than any of those well, practicals that I, I just laid out there, is the relationship that you have with your children. What is that relationship like? You know, last fall we talked about um, having a spiritual vision for your family. And then practically speaking, we talked about... Um, having family time together and then individual time with your kids. How is that going? How is that individual time with your kids going? How would your children describe that time? Is it quality time with them? Or is it taking time from them? Do they see it as, and they, and they may see it at times as, oh, this is just taking time away from what I want to do. But we have to have the mindset, the mentality that this is quality time, I'm establishing this relationship with my child, and it's the most important thing that I can do with this whole idea of not exasperating them and bringing them up in the instruction of the Lord. And so as we consider the, the broad picture here of what Paul is talking about and the teaching that Jesus and God has for us, I wanted to illustrate this with a story uh, that I found recently. There was once a sculptor who worked hard with hammer and chisel 
on a large block of marble. A little child who was watching him saw nothing more than large and small pieces of stone falling away left and right. He had no idea what was happening. But when the boy returned to the studio a few weeks later, he saw to his surprise a large, powerful lion sitting in the place where the marble had stood. With great excitement, the boy ran to the sculptor and said, Sir, tell me, how did you know there was a lion in that marble? <laughs> you see, our purpose as parents and or spouses is to see the lion. See the lion in our spouse and or child. And aid in the process of allowing that lion, a.k.a. Christ, that's what we're talking about here, to emerge. How do we do that? Well, we gave you some ideas uh, a minute ago, but I want to be um, specific about, about this one as well. Pray is fundamental. Prayer is fundamental. But we also encourage. Encourage, encourage, encourage. Hebrews 3.13 But encourage one another daily, as long as it, called, as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now you might say, there's nothing about my spouse or my child that I can encourage them with. <laughs> Hopefully you don't feel like that uh, today. But you might say that. But I say, see the lion. See the lion. In other words, look beyond the actions and the behavior and see their heart. Sometimes it's hard to get past the behaviors, but you have to see the heart. Find something positive in their heart that is like Jesus to draw out of them. To encourage means to call people near to God. That's what encourage means, to call people near to Him. And it's so easy in marriage and parenting to focus on our spouse and our child's perceived flaws, get fixed on those, and then be discouraging. That is not our purpose. That is not what we're doing. That is not our call. We must encourage, encourage, encourage daily. You know, many times, no matter what age our kids are, the battle we fight with them is for control and against their independence. But kids need to be given increasing levels of autonomy at each stage of life. That's hard. Right? Even at a young age, they are still fighting for autonomy, and it's okay to give them a level of that. In fact, it's developmentally appropriate to do that. For example, sometimes our kids resist going to bed at a certain time or do not want to wear what we want to put on. All right? Can I get an amen? And I, I'll just say as a dad, like, I'm pretty good at matching. Like, I can match. So it's not, that's not the issue. But the battle is not against who you are as a person or your authority. Sometimes we take it personally. Um, but it's for their sense of independence and self, which they need. So find a way to include them in the decision making. And then praise them when they do things successfully on their own. Like get dressed on their own. Amen. Uh, okay, so, uh, Katie's going to talk about 
Come on, Katie. Yeah, we have the clothing battle in our house, and so finally I said, whatever, this is not a battle I want to fight. So yesterday I had to, we, Evelyn had like an orientation for school, and she was so excited to go to school. She ran in the other room, and we didn't see her for a few minutes. She came out, and she was totally dressed, and we were like, all right, you can dress yourself. This is awesome. And she did match, so it was cool. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's a battle I've had to just really on. But, you know, going back to Hebrews 3.13, the end of it talks about how... We are hardened by sin's deceitfulness, yeah. and you know I have to remember. I have to remember this for my kids. Even at such a young age, their sinful nature is so prominent, you know. And sin, I know for you know when I study the Bible, this became so clear to me. Sin is always the quick fix. It's the make you feel good in the moment. It's the thing that you know it's it like satisfies the desire right then but leaves just a huge trail of destruction you know and that's what our kids you know are facing on a daily basis is you know they, they go away they go to school and I saw this a lot when I was teaching at the high school in Indiana where I was where we were um, but you know they, they go to school and they just feel all of this pressure of like I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough I'm not pretty enough I'm not manly enough whatever it is you know and so sin is so enticing for them because it, it, it communicates to them, you know, sin is just calling them like, well, if you just do this, then people will like you. Then you'll be cool enough. Then you'll be smart enough. All those things, you know. And so thinking about for my kids, you know, how can I encourage them on a daily basis so that they are not hardened by the deceitfulness of that sin, you know, that... That is so not who God thinks that they are. They're not this enough, they're not that enough. And the world is gonna tell them that all the time. And sin is gonna be the, the place that they find temporary relief unless I make a really big effort to make sure that my kids really know who they are and how loved they are. And you know, I was talking to Annette, she, she doesn't know I'm sharing this, but I was talking to Annette years ago when we were here before. And, she was, and that was when your, your boys were in the teen ministry. And I remember her saying, I just pray that God will give me encouraging words for my kids every day. And I didn't really get it at the time because I was like, you know, you're a mom, like, of course you'll have encouraging things. But I think it's so easy to focus on the negative. You know, maybe for our kids, maybe it's the whining or the just ridiculous reactions to irrationality, you know, whatever it is. I don't know if that's a word, but, you know. But for a team, maybe they come home from school and all they do is lay around. So you're like, they're so lazy and they just, all they do is mess with their siblings and torment them and they're angsty and whatever it is. You know, it's really easy to focus on that. But I think for me, and something that we've actually put in our spiritual family vision was that home will always be a place where they will feel like a million bucks. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a training ground and there will be consequences, you know, boundaries and consequences and all that kind of stuff when they don't do the right things. But home should be a place where they come and they feel safe, they feel built up, they feel encouraged on a daily basis. And I think that that's wow. you know, just so important for us to think about um, and just make a conscious effort to really encourage our kids every single day. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a quick activity with that in mind. Uh, so I'd like you to take out a piece of paper. Oh, everybody has a piece of paper out. Great. So, or you can use your devices. Um, but I want you to write down the name of your spouse, um, if, if you have a spouse, 
Um, and then I also want you to write down the names of your children. So leave some spaces uh, in between those names. So write down those names. And next to their names, I want you to write down three great things about them. What do you see in them that is like Christ? Okay, so I want to just take an opportunity to just hear from a couple people. Uh, just say either your child's name or your spouse's name and then tell us what you identify. And, so, and I'll start. I'm going to start with Katie. One of the things about Katie um, that is great and that is like Christ is she is full of grace. Um, that is one thing that Katie really exemplifies. Um, so what else? You can just talk to you. Go ahead. Oh, cool. Nice to meet you, Phil. And so what I want you to do with this uh, list is now think of at least two ways or times you can encourage 
uh, these people with those things, right? Don't let it just be, I wrote this down at a workshop and then I shared it with somebody. Um, figure out when, when and how you can do that on a consistent basis, on a daily basis. Remember, our purpose is to bring out the lion, a.k.a. Christ, in these special relationships that God sees. We can do that by loving our wives, respecting uh, your husbands, um, and not exaggerating our children, but bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord through modeling and encouraging. There is a lion in everyone. Let's all work to bring it out. Amen. 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 Amen.